welcome to another edition of All the Horrible Things. I think we're calling this one uh, Elemental. I like it. Is that yeah. appropriate? I'm not sure, but that's what we're going to roll with. Um, yeah. This week was the summer solstice, right? So we had the longest day on June the 21st. Summer has officially begun. Yeah, it was a hot one, too. It has been a scorcher of a week. Even last week was pretty deadly, too. But we felt like that would be a good opportunity to kind of look at horror flicks that deal with the elements in some way, whether or not that element water, fire, wind, or earth creates the monster or is just the setting the backdrop for these horrific flicks. But yeah, we decided to uh, draw into the elements. Four, not five. But we'll have our own fifth element cast at some point, I'm thinking. <laughs> fifth element. <laughs> <laughs> what is the fifth element? Uh, I don't know. It's love, um, baby. It's love. <laughs> <laughs> That was not the direction I was going in. <laughs> the fifth element does have some horror elements. Yes. Uh, namely, Gary Oldman and that weird little plastic device in his head, <laughs> a fashion statement of sorts. Um, and yeah. the, like, he bleeds from his scalp. It's just the, the blood starts oozing down from his scalp when he's getting closer and closer to that demon sun thing. That's but right. uh, what's, your, what's your favorite element? Let's start there. Um, Probably water. Are you a water sign in the um, stars, astrologies? I, I don't, I don't think so. I'm a, I'm a Virgo. I don't know what that means. Uh, you're not, I'm not exactly sure what Virgo is either. Sorry about that. Well, oh, what are you? I want to say. Well, I'm a fire sign, baby. I'm Aries through and through, <sighs> okay. and I'm a Gemini rising, which is Gemini's a, a, a air sign, wind sign, which means I'm very fiery. And then I got that Gemini rising, like it's essentially your your sidekick. Oh, uh, sign, and it kind of like brings my fire more alive and <sighs> ignites it further. That Gemini. All right. It says so here, you're, uh, I'm Earth. You're Earth, I believe it. You're a very earthy fellow. But the qualities are cold and dry, which I do prefer. The cold. <laughs> How are you with plants? I enjoy them. I mean, can you keep them alive? <laughs> yeah. Because yes. I, I got a bunch of dead plants cooking over here. Yes. Yes, it's too much of the other element, water. Yeah, that, that could be it. Yeah, the dryness too. All right, all right, you're Earth. I can see that. Earth and fire were a good combo. I think that's uh, had, possibly why this is such a such a huge podcast. It's a hit. <laughs> it's a hit with all the kids. Well, yeah, let's first, let's before we start diving into actual movies, let's talk about some of the horror figures that were uh, kind of like incarnate from specific elements. Okay. Um, because as a fire, I can't help but associate Freddy Krueger with fire because you had the parents of the kids that he was, you know, kitty fiddling, <laughs> burn him, burn him in that basement. Yeah. Um, and that's what gives him his gruesome, iconic look. Fire made Freddy Krueger. In the beyond, in the supernatural. Correct. Granted, 100%. he did work in the furnace room, too. Like, even when he was alive, the furnace was his his uh, bread and butter, if you will. Yeah, and I, and I think he might be the most um, obvious uh, origin story tied to elements. I'm, I'm trying to run through some other in my head, and I was just thinking, like, even um, Chucky was, you know, more of like a, a voodoo. So where would you put something like Chucky? That's a good point. I do associate Chucky getting burned a lot. He did. Um, he melt, has been burned and melted a lot. Yeah. But you're right. I'm not. May, voodoo, I maybe would associate with air or wind. Mm. 
more hmm. than it, or the earth. I'm not exactly sure right. where to place, but it's definitely not fire or water. Um, well, as your earth symbol, who do you think represents you the most? You'd mentioned a couple. Oh, right. I, I, would, I would say um, Pumpkinhead for sure. So tell me more about Pumpkinhead because I'm not really super well, familiar with this monster. Pumpkinhead is, um, uh, I want to call him a spirit, and he is he is um, he comes from the earth uh, to basically right wrongs. You know, you you if, if something bad has happened to you, you go to Pumpkinhead to try to you know get revenge. So he he is really back from the earth. Yeah, he's got a, so he's kind of like a Doctor Faustus, make a deal with the devil sort of character. Kinda, yeah, yeah. I was unaware of that. Does he have a particular means of slaughter? Oh, well, he is just a massive. I mean, his hands are giant claws, and yeah, he's not exactly like what you you would picture, like uh, an animated character with a you know like a jack o' lantern face or anything. But is he claymation? What do they do? How do they? Uh, no, 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 no. They had on. they had actually built this practical suit. Oh wow! For Pumpkinhead, oh man, you know it's um. The director, it was his first um, film. It was Stan Winston. Uh, oh, wow. The, you know, the famous monster maker. Right. This was his Jurassic directorial Park, debut. No. Yeah. So they went really no awesome on the uh, monster look. Well, that's cool. And that got multiple sequels, right? Yes. And you would suggest it? Why is that one never hit my radar? Like I don't know. I watch Pumpkinhead every Halloween. I just love. Really? Yeah, okay. it's such an interesting story. Um, you know, Lance Henriksen is the star. I think I've always just been a big oh. fan of his. Oh yeah, he's great. <laughs> it's unfortunate. No it kind of reminds me of like Pet Cemetery, where the child mm. uh, is killed. Uh, in this case, in Pumpkinhead, it's from some. Speaking of Lance Henrik, here's a little uh, yeah. side question. Do you prefer him as the robot in Aliens or Ian Holm in Alien? Who's your favorite Ooh. of the two robots in the first two Alien films? Lance. You like Lance? Is all right. Or yeah. he did turn out to be a good a, or good robot <laughs> yeah. versus Ian Holm's pretty pretty sinister one. Better than Michael yeah, Fassbender? <gasps> well, his is That's a little more question. nuanced. He's pretty evil, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. David. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bummed we're not going to get to see the completion of that that second trilogy Agreed. that Ridley had in Agreed. mind. Because I would have liked to see where, where David was going to go with it all. But, you know, he he, he killed everyone, right? Right. In those movies, right. both of the, our heroines. <laughs> there's, there's no Sigourney Weaver in the second trilogy of the Alien series. That's for sure. But also we'd mentioned in the Earth, uh, in terms of creatures from the Earth, you have that Rawhead Rex, who we talked about in a previous Correct. cast. And any sort of like creature that comes from the Earth. You want us, Let's start with Earth, why don't we then? Okay. Talk about some of these flicks we watched um, in honor of the Earth. Certainly uh, the, the first Earth horror movie I'd ever seen, I remember seeing it in a sleepover, um, probably like sixth, maybe fifth grade. Of a kid who, who's, you know, is one of these sleepover birthday parties of a kid that I was sort of friends with, but I didn't really feel like I should have been there sort of thing. Right. But I was there. So I was really kind of more enamored with watching Tremors oh, than yeah. enjoying the birthday party. Huge fan. Uh, Huge Fred fan. Ward, RIP, by the way. RIP Fred Ward. Um, what was your first experience with Tremors? I mean, yeah, it had to have been a, um, a home rental. I... I 
I'm trying to to actually picture that. And it had to have been because I, I mean, if it would have, if it was ever to play on TV, they would have probably had to cut a lot of that out. Um, I can't pinpoint it, but I just remember as a kid loving that movie. Yeah. What is it about it that's so appealing to youngins? I don't know. It's because re- like the the worm is scary, but it's a little goofy looking sure. too. You know. Yeah. Maybe it kind of like walk that line of being scary without being like too much. Too <laughs> Maybe it's remember as a kid, you ever play the game, the floor is hot lava. Yes. Maybe it's kind of something like that, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. I think Netflix has a stupid <laughs> show called. Don't they Touch do. The lava now, right. It yeah. should be good, but it's not. Yeah, I think Tremors, maybe when we're talking about Earth Horror, has to, like, take the cake. If I were to, like, choose a representative, I would say Tremors is it. Right. Maybe not the actual best of them all, um, but right. to me, it's the most iconic Earth Horror. Have you ever seen the um, movie Feast? Yes. Remind me what it was about. I've definitely yeah, seen it, it though. It kind of reminds me a lot of Tremors. You know, it takes place, like, in the American Southwest in a... Uh, and a bar. Everyone's trapped in the bar mm. because there are these monsters that are like like smaller versions of, of what you would picture um the tremor monster look like. Oh, they oh, they've got really sharp teeth. Right. Yeah, that was pretty good for a Very single fun. location horror. I remember really yeah. enjoying that. Yeah. Actually, it kind of triggers in my mind. Have you seen Splinter? Splinter is yeah. not far from what Feast felt like. Right. Um but I would say in terms of the best, although before that, is there any moment in Tremors that really rings through to you that like, that's the image that you go to when you remember Tremors? I think it has to, it's still one of the earlier scenes in the, um, the convenience store where they're all at and they're okay. jumping from like the shelves. <laughs> Otherwise when they're all stuck on the big rock in the middle of the desert. That's a good one too. Yeah. I can't help, but uh, just, I immediately go to the old couple in the car getting snarfed. <laughs> like that to me is where my head immediately goes. Cause yeah. you don't see like an old cute couple getting uh-uh. slaughtered that, that often in, in horror. No, but so. Why is it so enjoyable? <laughs> it just is. Damn it, it just is. But yeah, Tremors takes the spot for the most iconic, I'd say. But the best is number two on our here our list of uh, flicks, and probably Descent is Descent the best. Yes, yes. Earth horror ever. I I am a huge fan of the Descent. Yes, I've come around to the Descent. I remember seeing the Descent in the theater and maybe having too high of expectations, and maybe I was just not in the right spot to accept right. it. But I've come around. I've really come around because you have such an interesting dynamic with, especially the women, the women's the relationship with yeah. one another is fascinating. Um, what did it for you with the descent? Why is that at the top of your list? Oh man. I, I sort of just love this lore of these miners who evolved into this. They're just monsters. I mean, the, the evolution that they have, you know, inbred there they can no longer see because they've been living in the cave that they're, they're hearing it's like evolution at its worst yeah you know they've evolved into predators yeah and for me the claustrophobia oh, yeah. Of, yeah. of the film is done so well uh yeah i, I there was a second one did you watch the sequel That's yes one that and has it a takes sta- place and? immediately after the first one really yeah because we only got two survivors at the end of the first one, right? 
Or is it only one? What? Just the one. Because remember the, the friend, mm. I mean, they had this, this tension between the two and right. remember the, the pickaxe going through the friend's leg. Oh, that's right. And then the girl comes to the surface. They bring her to the, so the number two starts off in the hospital room. The, 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 um, the survivor from the first, our final girl is now in the hospital room. And then they, they make her go back to the scene to like show like, hey, where, where did this happen? We need you to pinpoint this. And then they're back, right back into the caves. So it's essentially aliens, right? We're going to go back to LD426, <laughs> yeah. baby. You're ready yep. to go, Ripley. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay. But is it worth watching? Yeah. Yeah. If you enjoyed the first one, I think so. Yeah. Do they, is the budget upped? Can you tell? Or is a, is a story take a hit? No, you can't really tell. Although I believe it's the same director, Neil Marshall. I'm pretty huh. sure. So it feels, you know, like a very good companion piece. I mean, I, I think I enjoy the first one more, but worth a watch. Interesting. Well, let me talk about here my the Earth one I focused on for this week. Um, and I mean, I was looking up movies that uh, horror deal with the Earth. And this one, I remember when I was working at a video store, seeing the cover for it. The cover was so familiar, but for some reason, I never watched it. And that's The Cave. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of The Cave to begin with? Yes. So 2005, right? This is um, not that far after when The Descent was released, which I believe was a year or two prior at most. But here's huh. the pitch for The Cave. Let's do The Descent, but with guys and more money. <laughs> Literally what it is. The only thing that it ups is i would argue the creature design in the cave because again you have this crew first of all there's way too many people in this crew that are essentially going down to um you know sort of scout out to check out this new underground river that's been found okay this one's sort of like earth and water in, in a big way and air actually the cave kind of deals with a lot because these creatures are Really unique. I'm going to give this movie its creature design and origin because ultimately there's these these mole-like creatures in these caves that they're spo- supposed to be scouting, but of course they just start getting crunched one after another. But the parasites scratch you or bite you or whatever, and then you start turning into this human humanoid version of essentially like this demon angel thing where you do grow wings. It really looks like a Xeno, a white Xenomorph with wings that can not only fly because of these wings, but it's super fast under the water. It can also climb the, the cave walls. I got to say in terms of mobility, these creatures in the cave are are some of my favorites. They're scary as hell too, because it's interesting. You're trying to figure it out because you see like what looks like tattoos and then as you go along, you're like, oh, crap, these are the humans that have been in this cave prior that were bit by these parasites that have turned into this. So, like, the humanity is kind of drained for them, but they still are human-sized and have the intelligence, to a certain degree, of a human. It, it's legitimately scary at times. And what makes it worth a watch, if you haven't, because you haven't seen this one, right? Have not. Lena Headey's in it. So we have Love Cersei her. from Game of Thrones. And... um. She kind of, in terms of the acting, is what keeps it sort of viable. But granted, as I said, this is not about the women. It's her and Piper Parabu are our only two female characters in this. 
we have uh, this crew of dudes. And really, it's in the way that the descent deals with female dynamics, I really feel like the cave was trying to do that with male dynamics because you got the brothers that are vying for power and it's done halfway decent because right. one of the brothers is the one that's bitten by the parasite and he's starting to turn but he's the one with the most like ability to get them out of the cave so everyone's like realizing oh shit this guy is turning but he's also the only hope we have so he's asking his brother to like you know back me up even though when he was human he was kind of like negating his brother's ability right and at the same time you got like huh. the underlings vying for power and you got daniel day kim in this i mean there's a lot of great secondary players morris chestnut who buffy fans are going to remember him as the oh, principal sure. in the final sure. season um it's a solid cast very broy, i guess you could say <laughs> But it makes it that much more satisfying to get them, you know, to kill them off, crunched. Yeah, yeah to kill them yeah. off. It's basically um, like no one asked for this movie, but it's enjoyable. It it actually is pretty enjoyable. It right. is much less claustrophobic than The Descent because you have these really whopping sets as they move from cave to cave, and you got stalactites like falling down on people. Such cool set pieces. Uh, granted, I think Piper Paribu is wasted. As a huge Coyote Ugly fan that I am, <laughs> Piper Paribu came off as like such a secondary character in this. Her her ultimate, her death scene, let's put it, is awesome. It's probably my favorite scene in the whole thing because she's climbing up this crazy wall. She gets to the top and then, of course, there's that monster and scares her off. She like flies back, barely survives with her, uh, her safety rope, you know, with the rock climbing. <laughs> right. But then the thing starts crawling down at her. I don't want to ruin the rest, but let's say there's there's crawling there's flying involved and slice and dicing her death is the best part of the movie if you ask me granted i think she maybe has four or five lines prior to that for someone in 2005 who it seemed like had a trajectory to be more than a secondary character yeah and it's not like it's a steven seagal thing where she dies early <laughs> this is like 60 percent, 65 percent of the movie that she finally bites it are you talking um, about the steven seagal executive decision yes yes <laughs> steven seagal executive decision first 15 minutes and yeah. i mean that's why i went to see executive decision i was a huge seagal fan at that sure kidding, so was i of course so i was so happy to see him go <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i didn't hate him like i hate him now though with all the russian stuff Right. Uh, at that time, it was it was surprising. Well, let's He's, put it back. back yeah. But I got to give it to the cave. I feel like it did a really good job of making the Earth legitimately scary and creating a new kind of creature that we haven't seen before, where it's this mole parasite. Speaking of which, side note, um, first guy to ever discover dinosaurs, speaking of from the Earth, William Buckland. He was a gentleman who went out of his way to eat every animal he possibly could. And when asked what the worst tasting animal was, he said it was the mole, which makes sense if you're not getting any sun or whatever. So that's just a little side I thought note. he was going to say human. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I bet humans taste pretty good, but I'm just going to say Moles, uh, that makes sense. Moles, moles. You got to have that sun. You got to have that sun. But these animals, the way they fly, the way they swim, the way they crawl, are worth watching the movie in themselves. All right, These creatures all right. are, are pretty cool. And I and I got to give it, the Earth can create some some scary-ass creatures. Oh, yeah. How about you? What do you want to talk about from well, that This is a, a good segue because mine is basically the Earth pissed off. And this movie, The Last Winter, was um, created in 2006, but is more relevant today than then. It is all about you know global warming it's about how 
the earth is angry with us and it's basically fighting back. This, the plot of this movie is there's an area in Northern Alaska where you're not allowed to drill for oil. Okay. Back in the eighties, apparently they did try it once, but the, the documents were sealed as to whether or not there was oil. Just so, I mean, I think it was more of like peace of mind, but they don't okay. want people to actually go drilling there. But they they documented the site with this weird box, and the director, Larry Fezzedin, of this movie, who's also an actor, went to the actual site of where they did that and filmed this movie called The Last Winter. And in the, the plot of this movie is about the government says, it's okay, we can start um, digging for oil there now. And... Ron Perlman is like the guy working oh. for the oil company. You've got this other actor, I'm forgetting his name, who's more of like the um, environmentalist, even though he's still working okay. for an oil company. So it's kind of contradictory there. But, you know, they, they're butting heads because Ron Perlman, his job is just to get the oil. The other main character's job is to make sure it's done, you know, within right. reason. Save the penguins. Yeah, but, you know, they... The most interesting thing about this cast is um, because you can compare this movie to The Thing. You know, you're okay. out there stationed in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by snow and ice. But in The Thing, the ensemble really clicks. They, they've, they've known each other for a while. They get along. This movie, it does not appear that way. There's a lot of tension between everybody. Ron Perlman likes this girl played by Connie Britton. She's sleeping with the guy who he hates. Oh. So it's kind of <laughs> like this. Um, yeah, I don't know, like like a like a messed up family, like a dysfunctional family set in the middle of nowhere. So people are, you know, the tensions are high. They start turning on each other. They start visualizing things. One of the main other main characters really starts losing it. And Spoiler alerts, <laughs> the, the movie is, is good. It's a slow burn, but spoiler alert, the actual um, monster, if you will, is Wendigo. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Larry Fezzedin had made a movie like in 2001 called Wendigo, mm. and it did, was not well received. And this is like he's trying again. And the only problem with it this time is that it's CGI, and it just looks oh, no good. And... I would say this movie is definitely worth watching. I gave it three out of five stars because of the, the ensemble works good. Yeah. The location's awesome. Again, it feels like the thing, but hmm. yeah. So the human element is good, but we're lacking the creature feature. Correct. But you know, if you, if you were to look past the CGI and just look at the earth fighting back against human, I mean, it's, huh. it's interesting there. I, and I wouldn't necessarily say this is, the, the film for horror fans, but if, if you really like thriller, right. suspenseful movies, yeah. because there's what nothing. What year are we talking here? 2006. 2006. Yeah. Okay, interesting. But, I mean, well, the start of this movie, I mean, it just, it's just like striking home. It's like the the, the temperatures are changing up there. Things are, you know, the whole, uh, the earth is just pissed. It's fighting back. <laughs> and it's so, so relevant. Well, it sounds like. Watch The Last Winter for the human dynamic and then, because that's 2006, and then watch 2005's The Cave for the creatures. Right. The yeah, good, combo good those. You want the creatures and the humans. Yeah, because again, the the budget was didn't look necessarily low. Yeah. Um, it's scaled back. 
The setting mm. is awesome. The ensemble, they did not skimp like on, on acting. There's a great cast. Recognizable faces that names. I'm like, I know that guy. He's from that one TV show. Right, right. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. sounds decent. Worth watching. It's on Shutter right now. Before we move on from Earth, there are a couple I just want to mention briefly. I yeah. did rewatch Mimic this week, Guillermo del Toro's yeah. Mimic. Yeah. And I'm going to loosely associate it with the Earth because ultimately the beginning of it sets up so there's cockroaches that are you know, spreading diseases, killing people. So you got Mara Sorvino um, designing this Judas bug, which will then go out there and kill all the cockroaches. And just like in Jurassic Park, you've got a life yeah, yeah, contingency yeah, yeah. sort of thing where they're supposed to just die off. Right. Well, needless to say, three years later, not have they not only died off, but now they're the size of man and <laughs> can mimic his right. shape, sort of. It kind of looks like they have this like like a human mask sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it, they, and they can like stand like a man does. So if it's really dark and they're really far away, they kind of look man shaped. Um, that being said, I mean, it is Guillermo del Toro. So there's a lot going for you even have Josh Brolin in such a small secondary role and to have him killed off uh, mid movie was was kind of jarring. And you got Charles S. Dutton. I'm a huge Charles S. Dutton fan. Fantastic actor. Yes. He keeps Alien 3 being a good movie in in my my book. Yes. Uh, He always brings it in this one. He's the cop who, you know, kind of saves the day Um, reluctantly. Of course, he's really good at reluctance. my complaint about this movie, though, is I feel like it starts off better than it ends because the latter three quarters of it are just so redundant in terms of the set. They're just right. like in this underground I remember. Um, area yeah. of New York City underneath the um, subway the subway systems, yeah. right? Yeah. These old subway systems, which is cool for a while until it just gets kind of banal. Right. Um, that being said, I, I did like it, and I hadn't seen it since I'd th- seen it in the theater, and... I was able to get through it and enjoy it and enjoyed the, the, the monsters. They didn't look too ridiculously CGI for how mm-hmm. old it is now. It's 97, you know? So for yeah, 97 yeah, yeah. To, to look as good as it does, um, I, I dug it. I dug it. I did feel like they were like ripping a lot of plot points from what worked in Jurassic Park and tossing, let's make Jurassic Park with bugs. Right. Um, based on the science that was all behind everything. But at the same time, I, you know, another 12 years, I'd watch it again. Yeah. I always associate that movie because I've only seen it the one time back in the 90s, but I always associate it with the Mothman prophecy. And I do not <laughs> know why, because they're very different movies. Maybe just yes. a time period, but that'd be a double 100%. feature. 100%. The Mothman, that comes out like eight years later. That's like 2004 or something. Really? But you're absolutely right. I convinced, I can totally confused the two yes. enough so uh that i told mara we're about to watch a movie with richard gear because he's <laughs> yeah. in the mothman box he's like oh wait a minute that's not this one yeah but at the beginning of this one there's just so many shots of butterflies and moths as during the credits yeah it just feels very mothy <laughs> um enough so that i actually don't even remember what the mothman prophecy was about i want to go back and rewatch that one now well that's a, that's an urban legend the mothman so i think that's it's rooted in that um, okay, and, and, and exciting Guillermo del Toro. No, no. Uh, well, we should we should come back and focus on that movie another time. We should just yeah, do an no, episode I about nineties horror. You know, that's because not a bad idea. because it's a yeah. it's a it's a it's a time period where people don't remember loving the nineties horror, but there are some real gems in there. There's some gems, very science oriented horror. Yeah. You know, yeah. yes. Um, one one that kind of like was rem- reminiscent that's more contemporary is Splice. You've seen Splice? Oh yeah, yep. Splice yep. is great. Uh, we should talk about that one too. 
and um, species. The last one I want to mention about Earth, just briefly, is yes. kind of a comedy horror called Corporate Animals. Came out a couple years ago. You got Ed Helms, you got Courtney Cox going on a corporate retreat, and then they end up stuck in like this cavern. Just they're all locked in there. Ed Helms gets completely squished yeah. really early. Uh, it's very good. It, I, I highly suggest it. I laughed considerably, and it's super gory. And okay. the ending, um, when they when the those that survive get out and are talking to the media, it's great. That, that the final press conference is worth watching the movie alone <laughs> for. Um, but I don't think a lot of people had heard of it. It must have gone straight to streaming or something. Yeah. But yeah. corporate animals has some chops, and if you're into earth horror, uh, seeing them survive underground together is people that are you know colleagues that really don't like each other that are stuck together versus yeah. these other ones. Descent, you got friends. Um, even in the cave, you got people that are working together to like each other and they're meant to be down there. It's not a corporate retreat where you're stuck, stuck in a cave together and contemplating eating one another. Um, it's, it's worth a shot. Would you, would you classify um, pet cemetery as earth horror? I think so. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. So I'm just thinking probably like, more iconic than tremors. What do you think? You know, what would, yeah. I'm icon just I'm, showdown tremors versus pet cemetery. Ooh. What wins? I don't know. It's tough. That's a tough it's one. Tough. But I would say Tremors just is more earthy throughout. Yes. Whereas yes. Pet Cemetery, it's just the mechanism. Yeah. For the yeah. horror. But that's a good point. When we're talking about Freddy coming from fire, I think you can consider Pet Cemetery the one where the demons and monsters come from the earth. Um, let's yeah. move from earth to water since the cave really was water esque too. Okay. And I just want to mention, like, I associate Jason with having been drowned. That final scene in the first Friday the Thirteenth, where he jumps out of the lake. Absolutely. You see it actually again in future incarnations. Uh, jumps out of the lake. He was theoretically drowned, right? Supposedly had drowned. Yes. So he's a product of the water, if you ask me. Um, in contrast to Freddy's fire, but. Before we jump into the water, let's just mention we will be doing a Shark Week cast. So we're kind of right. going to not talk too deeply about the water like we just did Earth. We're going to mention some highlights. Um, like, for example, what would you say is some of your horror highlights in water that aren't super shark-based? Oh, wow, yeah. I really have to think about this one. Um, <laughs> the Meg. <laughs> The Meg is still well. I guess it's a it's not a shark, shark but it, it, it's it's a fun yeah it's a fun. Um, it was fun. I saw that in the theater with my mom. She hated it. <laughs> well, here's here's one that I'd say um, I was finally able to to recently watch this movie called Alligator, and oh now this was one of the movies that spawned off of you know the same way you had all the slashers from from Halloween. We had all these other movies coming from the success of Jaws. Alligator right. uh, is actually about a child who buys a roadside uh, little tiny alligator in Florida, brings it back home. Her dad's pissed off at her for whatever reason, which is one of the only like really problems I had in the movie. I'm like, wait, why was he mad at her? Takes the alligator, flushes it down the toilet, which I think <laughs> is in Missouri. And then it ends up in Chicago. Oh, and no. It's, you know, because of um, pollution and these specific scientists, it's grown to a larger side kind of size, kind of like um, like Placid, you know, um, which we'll talk about in a moment. But Alligator is extremely underrated, really, really, really good movie. And it stars Robert Forster, fantastic actor. And 
the 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 screenwriter um man what who it's gonna make me crazy i'm gonna have to look it up really quick um because this movie came out in 1980 it was written by john sales oh okay Very yeah familiar. yeah and it was probably one of his earlier, if not first gigs, but I, I would say check out Alligator. It just became streaming for the first time on Shutter. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fun. I mean, you're speaking my language here because to me, alligators are more You've frightening yeah. than sharks. We've alligators are like the only thing that I'm kind of scared of because I feel like they're, they're remnant dinosaurs, if you will. And what's kind of freaking me out though, is when you're telling me about dropping it down the toilet and stuff, that feels like such an urban legend sort of thing. But yeah. I remember specifically one of my reoccurring dreams as a child being at my aunt and uncle's house stuck inside because it was surrounded by alligators, the joint. And then of course the alligators started coming up through the toilets, you of know, course. there's something about that. Interestingly, though, that uh, aunt also would go to Florida on vacations and bring me back those little toys, those little alligators that you put in water and then they get bigger. Oh, yeah, sure. Which sounds very reminiscent to what to, goes on to an this alligator. Plot, yeah. Um, but another one I actually didn't put on the list that I recently watched that also is alligator centric and I highly suggest is Crawl from 2019. Oh, yes. Amazing. Very and enjoyable. I don't know how it didn't get a, li a little more like love it's it, from the releasing of that. Aha, same guy who directed uh, Hills Have Eyes it, and Piranha. What was wrong with the release? Piranha what movie? happened? No, I was, I was going to say, I, I think the release of that film was, I don't know if they didn't think it was going to do that well, but I don't think it was released um, as many theaters as possible. Or we'd have to really look at the date to, to see when this was released because this was one of those movies I was going to see in the theater for whatever reason did not. Yeah. Rented it as soon as it came out and loved it. I loved it too. In fact, I want to rewatch it as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, because ultimately you got great characters going on here too. And you got a, a father daughter relationship. That's mm -hmm. really dynamic. You got this flood that comes in and ultimately it brings in all these alligators. So you have alligators in like a urban setting, sort of yeah. like they're amongst people's homes and such. Yeah. And there you oh. got one character is kind of like stuck in the basement. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's nonstop horror. And the alligators are, they seem bigger than they should be, obviously. Sure. But they're relentless and they seem vindictive too. Uh, it, it certainly is, I haven't seen Alligator yet, but it's my favorite alligator movie. And that being, it's produced by Sam Raimi, speaking of which, yep. finally watched uh, Multiverse last night, which is oh, the yeah. first Marvel yeah. horror, if you will. Yeah, uh, well, well Sam Raimi and um, it might be pronounced Aja. I don't remember. Alexander Aja oh, okay. um, collaborated on the Evil Dead remake. And I think that's when uh, like they were just like, we got to we got to do more together. Yeah. He's so good. Has chops. If you haven't seen Crawl, that it's it's definitely it might be on my list. One of my favorites of the water horrors. Um, of course, Lake Plass would be the next one to discuss when we're talking alligators. Yes. I didn't think we'd get so heavy in the alligators, but frankly, I know. that's... It's you know, last week in the news, or two weeks ago, rather, this poor gentleman who was playing uh, Frisbee golf went into the swamp to retrieve a disc, and he got eaten by a gator. So this this is still happening. Gators that's... are still something to reckon with. Oh, wait, I've got to uh, correct myself. It was not Alexander Aja. It was uh, Fetty Alvarez. Never mind. Oh. I see on the evil dead, but, but yeah, Alexander Aja did his, the guy you go to, if you want to do like remake a Hills have eyes, um, mm. Piranha 3d. I'd, right. I'd throw this, um, if they ever do a 
Nightmare on Elm Street, I'd throw it to him. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you did see in the news this week, Jason Blum says he thinks he can get back yeah. Robert England. I know. Well, what's your opinion on that one? Well, I think you could do it. I mean, you just had Robert England do a cameo in that right. Goldberg's TV show yeah. as Freddy Krueger. I mean, I think oh, if it's really? the right script, that. that guy would do it. Yeah. I mean, would you rather see him than start something new? So we've seen them try to do it in the was 2000 what remake with um you know you had a really talented actor who's yeah, Academy Award nominee actor yeah it just oh, I, mean, I don't know if it was the directing the script on that it didn't work maybe you just it's too hard to see I mean with Jason you don't see the facial right. you know and he wasn't as like part of Freddy's appeal I feel like is that he's wisecracking and I know in the reboot yes. they really didn't go any horror comedy angle not per se comedy it's just like sick or you know sick yeah. humor sick humor is the way to and i think it was it. robert england who's gone on the record saying they they should cast kevin bacon in that role i can see it working but he's also a yeah. little probably too too old at this point i i don't i don't know <laughs> well, I, so is robert I, england I, so yeah that's where it's like when he's talking about wanting to bring him back i'm like yes he is the ultimate freddy but i think we can find someone that could give the series a little more scope long-term scope you know yeah uh, yeah which, which should be good um lake placid right quick i just want to acknowledge my adoration for this betty white betty white i think it was yes. a pretty big deal when it first came out yeah yeah despite bill pullman <laughs> this part was good it was a good role for bill pullman i'm not gonna it's such an interesting cast um you, you've got brennan gleason you've got um is it Oliver Platt? What's Oliver Platt. Who, Do no wrong. Yes. Love the guy. Um, but yeah, what, a, what an interesting group of people coming together. This felt very much like a 90s big action movie, but um, it was Bridget down. Fonda. This is when she was super hot, too. Right. I always liked her. I always thought she was halfway decent. One of my favorite flicks with her is with Billy Bob Thornton and the better Bill, the Bill Paxton um shoot it's the one where they're in the forest and they find the bag the, the, of money yeah the where they're the criminals or um, oh gosh it's ultimately it's an allegory for chaucer's prisoner's tale i can't think of the name right now it's so good yeah um great movie beyond alligators what are we a talking about plan in? the yes a simple plan thank a you. simple plan thank you <laughs> Yes, yes, beautiful. That's a great movie. Yes. When I've uh, taught Chaucer, I always use that when I'm teaching a prisoner's tale because it's it's so very close to what goes on yeah. in Chaucer's tale. Um, uh, Piranha, you mentioned Piranha, scary to me. They're maybe even scarier than sharks because you're dealing with you can like, poke sharks in the eye. You know yeah. what are you gonna do with a hundred piranhas around you, other than become a skeleton? You know, seriously. You see. Um. <laughs> Just a swarm of anything, I think, sometimes is scarier than one big monster. Agreed. Agreed. Um, um, now, the original Piranha was was Joe Dante directed that. But, I mean, if we're going to talk about Piranha, we could talk about the ridiculous remake by Alexander Aja with the massive cast. Right. I, I mean, it pokes fun at, at Jaws right at the very beginning. It has... Um, uh, Richard Dreyfus. No, Richard Dreyfus in the boat in the beginning. 
Oh, uh, that's yes, right. yes, Christopher Lloyd is in it as well. Lloyd. The cast is loaded. <laughs> Eli Roth's in there. Um, it's just... It's a hoot. It is a hoot. It's a romp. Yes. Definitely but yeah, the look. bloody, very bloody. Super bloody, yeah. Maybe maybe one of the goriest water horrors ever. <laughs> yes. Um, and then kind of more in the sci-fi department is the spheres and the abysses. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember loving the abyss. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. But I remember being mildly disappointed with the sphere because it came right off the heels of Jurassic Park and is written by Michael Crichton. But I think at the time I just didn't understand what was going on. And it might have right. just been a direction thing by Barry Levinson where it wasn't coherent enough for me to really get that this was a spaceship in the ocean that was humans from the future that then once you go into it actually can activate your brain to the point where what you're what you're scared of manifests right so you get a big squid you got the big jellyfish attacking the very contrived their hub um great great concept i don't think it was well done and i actually don't think it was cast right with the exception of samuel l jackson right 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 he was great but sharon stone and uh dustin hoffman while both great in their own right i didn't feel like helped it be fun you know what i mean i really felt like they I do i do dragged it down a little bit with their moroseness i don't know it's worth a look though yeah i mean that was again one of those from the wave of you know disaster movies from the 90s i think people were starting to like you know look at look at the ocean like it was space right and look at a lot of Michael Crichton's property a la King yeah. at that time. Yeah. In fact, I don't know if you've read a lot of Crichton, but the one I want to see the most, which would then go to the earth, it would be an earth horror, is his called Prey, mm -mm. which is essentially Honey, I Shrunk the Kids for Adults. Whoa. Yes. It's about like the scientist is actually able to do this, and then you got this team that starts getting chewed up by spiders. Really gross. <laughs> it's great. It, it was, it's, it's a great, great book, so I really hope they do do, do something with that. I think it it's one of his last. It might have been co-written by somebody because he didn't quite finish it or something. Oh, okay, gotcha. Nevertheless, it is great. Um, shall we move on to Wind? Let's do it. <sighs> now. Does Twister have any horrific elements? Because everybody has seen Twister. Everyone's like, speaking seen of Bill Paxton. Twister. And speaking of Fonda again, right? Don't we got Bridget Fonda in this one again? No. No, she's not in that. I'm crazy. No, it's Helen uh, Hunt. Helen Hunt. My yeah. bad. All my blondes confused. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've, I've never, I've never loved this movie. And I know a lot really? of people do. A lot yeah. of people do. But I, I kind of feel like um, I've seen it and I don't need to see it again. Really? Yeah. As a kid, I loved it. Growing up in Illinois, you know, you hear those tornado sirens. Storm and simultaneously, too, yeah. And the storm, those sirens are simultaneously horrifying and yeah. a little exhilarating you know what yeah. i mean and it's yep. like oh my gosh i could be just blown away at any second um but i did revisit it a little bit i didn't sit through the whole thing because when i was younger i liked it so much that i probably overwatched it and i can't <laughs> yeah. do it now there are sure. some horrific elements though and philip seymour hoffman is one of the highlights right. just at the beginning you have the dad trying to hold down the door of the storm shelter and just get sucked up into it and he, yeah. he's clearly gone you know what i mean oh yeah it yeah. certainly doesn't qualify as a horror flick but it has some horror elements sure and even last week here in chicago we had this ridiculous storm cell that came through um and it it does kind of puts you in your place it gives you some perspective about how you know you could be wiped off the face of the earth 
by what weather can do at any second. Absolutely. So. And, 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 you know, we, we grew up in, in the Western suburbs and even like, was it last year? Um, there was some, some homes that were destroyed, but now I feel like it's getting closer and closer into the city. It's like, it's more and more of a right. possibility. It was never really a concern, but yeah. now it's like starting to touch down closer and closer stronger and stronger. Definitely. Um, kind of peripheral to wind, I would say, is movies like Outbreak and Contagion, where it is these airborne yeah, pathogens airborne, yep. that destroy humanity. Again, not necessarily. It's horrific in nature, but can't quite call them horror films. Right. But one you can, and I think we both agree, sucks balls, is <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. His PG thirteen movie, yeah, yes, is this, yeah. yeah, isn't he usually PG thirteen or does mm. he? No, he I don't think so. Yeah. And I think this one got PG thirteen rating. I don't know if he was going for it so more people could see it, but it didn't help. It did not help. Which is a damn shame because I remember being so excited to see this one based on the trailers, yeah. not knowing that it was. The trees and the wind that are our yeah. <laughs> yeah. villains in this. Not as scary. Um, because the idea of then suddenly people just committing suicide left and right was right. really compelling at the time. Yeah. And the way he starts the film, I think, is really strong until he does have to start explaining what's going on or it really falls apart. Did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Same. I, I think that was a time when you felt like you had to see all of his movies on the big screen. Yes. And, uh, but this was also after a wave of misses. You know, you had Lady in the Water, The Village, oh, that, that did terrible. not do well. This came out. I sort of like The Village. I, for I, weird reasons. Yeah, but same. I like the feel of The Village, I guess same, you could say. Same. But yeah, it doesn't I mean, really even like the plot twist... It, it's super cool, but I don't know why it didn't it didn't work. I don't think he could live up to six cents for a very long time. Yeah. And I mean, granted, didn't signs come out after the six cents? Was that his yes. follow up? Because that no. did that it went. Oh, wait. Yes, it went six cents lived up to it. invincible signs. Oh, OK, OK. Unbreakable, unbreakable. Right? Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Invincible is an amazing show on Prime. If you yeah, haven't watched it, it yeah, I love it, it. I can't wait for season two of that. Um, but yeah, once John Leguizamo bit it in the happening, it lost me. <laughs> Do not kill off John Leguizamo. That's yeah. my pest right there. Do not kill the pest. Oh, love that P man. to the E to the S to the D. I'm a pest. <laughs> I remember that movie. Um, so each of us have watched a wind movie this week, specifically for this cast. I want to hear about the wind show. Yeah. Okay. So this was a movie that I saw years ago and didn't remember until I watched it again. I apparently did not leave a lasting impression. I mean, cause when I started I watching, I'm like, have I seen this? Yeah. And I had, and it's less about the wind and it's more about a ghost story. So uh -huh. this is something that more takes place in the element. Um, it's about a girl who's, you know, had posted a, a note about needing a ride home from school uh, for the holidays and a guy she does not know volunteers. They're driving down the highway and they, you know, there's a, it's a road trip movie essentially. Um, they make some stops. Next thing you know, it's he takes this shortcut 
like on the 606 or something and a car comes barreling down and does not move and they, you know, they swerve and then they crash. Yeah. Now they're stuck okay. out there. So this is where the, the elements do come into play where, you know, it's, it's limited um, their chances. Like he tries to go, you know, to back to the gas station. Um, it, it, nothing seems to work. Their phone, like, I think actually this was a time when cell phones weren't as popular. This is if you okay. had a cell phone, you didn't have it on you all the time. It was like, it's in the, oh, yeah. it's in my, in my bag in my trunk, you know? Okay. And, um, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, you, you, you sort of just, you know, you're, you're stuck here in this moment with them. It's like, let's try this. Let's try that. And, um, you basically learn that, you know, the same thing happened to this couple in the 1950s. A police officer who has who does make appearances, you'll find out he's a ghost, drove these people off the road on purpose. Like he had killed all these people. So it's still oh, a fun wow. ghost movie. That's interesting. Yeah. It has some fun elements. It's not as scary as you think. I, I personally love the fact that it takes place outside in the cold. I don't think there's I mean, that's almost its own genre of horror. And um, right. a, a, a movie that we could also have thrown on this list is um Frozen. Um, oh, right, right, right. You're stuck in a, in a chairlift and, you know, you're, you're basically freezing to death. In this movie, right. you're kind of stuck in a car. Um, but yeah, I mean, the acting was good. It's Emily Blunt. I don't know the other major actors. Oh, name. wow. This is before Emily Blunt was really like an American household name. Yeah. Um, she's playing an American. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good, if you're putting together a list of... Uh, road trip ghost movies this is it huh. should be on there but yeah, it, it turns out the big bad is more of a ghost than the uh, elements okay and we see the big bad i'm assuming is it yeah yeah it's, it's an actual or? it's an actor um he, you would recognize him in a heartbeat i don't he's he's one of those character actors you're like oh my gosh you're in this and this and this but i don't know okay. your name yeah yeah all right well, while you were watching Windchill, I was watching the 2018 Netflix film, The Wind. Gotcha. So here we have a, a pseudo, it is it is a Western. Let's call it, a, it's, a, it's a Western, you, you could even go as far as say it's, it's ghostly. Um, but ultimately you have this couple who has moved out years prior from Illinois oh, okay. to upper New Mexico. Um, and really things start to kick off when the second couple arrives and they're about a mile away. And this movie maybe plays with time a little too much where it becomes a little confusing when things are happening. All right. That being said, I really enjoyed that they were dealing with something I hadn't seen messed with in horror before. And that's ultimately like the anxiety of being alone in mm. the 1890s mm -hmm. in the West and really kind of honing in on the anxiety of women. Um, our main character here uh, played by let's see, what's this girl's name um caitlin gerard really does a strong job at dealing with her husband who's kind of rough and tumbler who is messing around with this new girl who's part of the couple and she finds out that she has he, he has impregnated her oh, and gosh. unfortunately the kid that they were gonna have she it died during childbirth so in a weird way this is all kind of a metaphor for jealousy and postpartum depression more than anything because she's certainly pissed off that this this girl is actually looks like going to be able to go to term um not giving too much away things happen to everybody uh and it is framed around this like 
school ghost that she's given a pamphlet um as she's moving out west initially with this really cool looking demon that has really long uh fingers and it just looks like old timey like a, if disney made a scary looking demon creature on this cartoon pamphlet you know because it's just hand drawn like yeah but it's 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 it, it hits for some reason and of course her husband is like i don't want you dealing with all this this nonsense well it burns it up and then it turns that the other girl who showed up later also had the pamphlet but whether or not this demon is real or not it does manifest for us as the audience mm. and that it's an amorphous creature it can become other characters but really why it's the wind is because it moves through the wind more than anything else when the scariest things happen in this film it is because the wind has blown the windows out or the wind has blown the fire out this demon or metaphor for this disconnect or lack of purpose of postpartum depression whatever she's going through loneliness or jealousy is manifested through the wind in a way that i didn't really think the wind could be used as uh, like a horror element. That's cool. I, I yeah. thought it did a really good job. It was beautifully shot. Um, I highly suggest it. I, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I did because you'd never really know at the end whether or not it was all just her, right? Or whether or not there was some sinister element there. And I kind of appreciated that amorphous, amorphous nature of it. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I think that's so. I love when horror movies take place in the 1800s because I think you know you're. <laughs> There's so little you could do. You're stuck right. out in the middle of nowhere. It's perfect. It's like the perfect setting. You can't say, yeah. why didn't you call the cops? It's it's great. It is great. There's some scenes because the, the, the cabin she lives in is just so rickety. There's one scene where she like walks out and there's like wolves clearly that want to eat her. And the way they attack this door is just so vicious and frightening. Uh, it was, it's one of my favorite. Speaking of what Frozen, which had wolves too. Yep. This somehow made wolves a little even scarier for oh, me that's cool. than, than that. Um, and if it wasn't for the performances, I don't think this movie would have worked. But mm. it, it did. It did. And I highly suggest The Wind. It had some interesting original lore too, of like the Great Plains demons as you're going across it that can attach to you. Like it just had. I tried to look up some of these demons that it came up with, but it was wholly made for this movie. That's really cool. Which I appreciated. Yeah. Just that idea of, you know, um, <laughs> attaching a demon to the American dream. The right. idea was there was so much land out there, but no. Yeah. If you could make it. Exactly. Love it. Um, I will definitely check that out. You said that's on Netflix right now. That is on Netflix. It's, uh, so is The Cave. Both the ones I watched are, are cool, both on cool. Netflix. But uh, really quick, let's uh, let's talk some fire. Yeah. Because for the most part, all these fire flicks we've seen. I think we're maybe just drawn more to horror that has a, a fire centric nature. Perhaps. I think so. I think so. There's just something more scary in terms of the element about fire than yeah, any, well, any think, of the other. You know, ones. you can associate it with hell to begin with. And I think that's True. probably why it's so such a common theme attached to evil. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. We've already talked about Carrie has a great scene where basically she <laughs> burns everybody alive when she traps them right. in the gym. Um <laughs> Firestarter. Now, I had seen the original with Drew Barrymore, and I remember, you know, this is Stephen King's story, and I don't remember this movie being all that well done, but mm-hmm. young Drew Barrymore really steals the show, and really? um, it kind of reminds you of uh, Carrie in the sense of somebody has telepathic powers, right? 
or even Stranger Things, right? Because oh, when yeah. I was watching the remake of it, I really felt like they were trying to steal a Stranger Things vibe. Oh yeah, but she's a this le- preceded 11. Stranger yeah. Things. Um, do they play the whole she's been manipulated by the government to yes. be given these powers? Yes. Does her father also have powers? Oh, that's a great question. I don't remember. I just remember, In- you know, the government. You've got a major actor like George C. Scott who who was was pulled into this movie. Um, I don't think so. Because that is a huge part of the new one with Zac Efron. He has the ability to what they call push, and that is kind of get somebody to do what he wants when he kind of like cricks his neck in a weird way. Yeah. Like his eyes start to bleed, and he's able to get people to do what they want. But she not only is a fire starter, but she also has this, this push power as well as a, her mom had telekinetic power, but her mom bites it pretty quick. <laughs> right. Uh, it was really, really crappy, I would say, as a whole. <laughs> I did not enjoy watching it. I, I was happy to have finished it because it was a movie that took me two times to get through, you know? Um, it just, I don't think it had that Drew Barrymore quality. This little girl was fine. Right, right. Um, But just the story was so weak and it felt so derivative. Granted, I know it came prior to Stranger Things. It just didn't feel like anything fresh was going on there at enough to well they were hoping they were hoping that you know because it's so similar like and and, and this is the the resurgence of or just remaking all of stephen king's properties um when right. stranger things is heavily influenced by stephen king to begin with it is they probably is should true. have reconsidered this remaking a stephen king movie is incredibly dangerous already i know you know they need to make remake langoliers though i'm gonna say that every yes yes they no, do, they do that. That needs a full-length proper feature, well, even though it's a novella. I'll tell you, that's the other. That's the hardest part about, you know, adapting Stephen King. Is like, can you get away with it in one movie, or right. if it's like it, it's two chapters. Langoliers, you can because it's a novella. I yeah. think. I'm not gonna say, but it, stuff like The Stand. You know. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, you need he, some of stand. his work needs to be really drawn out. Yeah, I completely agree. Like. The gun, you know, the, the, the tower, uh, what is it? Um, they adapted his movie. Actually, when he was writing under his different name, the man. Bachman. Uh, yeah, but they, they made it, they remade the, the, the book with Idris Elba. Or he's the oh, gunfighter. the tower? Yeah. Dark tower? I can't yeah. think of, yeah. I know people were pissed off about people that. People were pissed. I, I, um. I understand that's a very long book. Maybe you shouldn't right. make it one movie. I just condensed it with Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba. The weird combo. I'm but I, I'm curious to bring this back to Firestarter. If Firestarter was maybe one of his short stories, because he has a number of hmm. short stories that get picked up for, for feature films. And that seems like the appropriate thing to do. Can we expand yeah. on this work instead of shrink something down? Completely agree. Huh. Uh, but it's not worth a look. I wouldn't even bother. If you enjoy the All first right. one, just leave it there. Leave it with Drew. <laughs> Um, kind of like a peripheral fire one that I was thinking about. And when I saw it in the theater at like 12 or whatever, Terminator two judgment day, because ultimately that nuclear bomb is just oh, everyone's yeah. destroyed by fire. I know it's a little peripheral, but that to me freaked me out. Just well, that movie starts there. off with that really great voiceover too. Right. Um, overlooking, you know, basically the, our future. It's all crunchy skulls. And then, and then, they bring it full circle into the lava with at the end with the thumbs, oh, that's uh, right. the thumbs that's, up. <laughs> very true. <laughs> yes. Terminator, I would say if it's guided by any one element, it's going to be fire. 
Uh, that new Gretel and Hansel was really good too. And of course, yeah. it's tradition to take out the witch with fire, which does occur. Highly suggest that new one. It has the girl from it. Yes. Who's yes. Really good. Yeah, that, I enjoyed it. And Gretel then and Hansel. the last one I want to just touch on is Sunshine, because in terms of fire, I would say that's my favorite fire centric oh. horror, maybe. Uh, because you have this crew going to reignite the sun, essentially. Right. Doesn't get more fiery than the sun. <laughs> it does um, not. And the first three quarters of this movie are so strong. 28 Days Later strong because it's from Danny Boyle. That's right. Danny as Boyle. good as that in terms of production character development. Goes off the rails a little bit in the last act. Um, but that's kind of, the last act is kind of what makes it horror qualifying All right. in a weird way. And I didn't mind it. It kept me on my toes. Even it was like, what the hell is going on now? Um, I, I still I still enjoyed it. And we're talking just fire-centric horror. It's really rooted in fire. Sun. You got to give it to Sunshine. I, I'd have to agree with you. That scene in the theater was impressive. Uh, I remember quite quite liking it. You know, there's another, there's another scene that comes to mind when I think of fire, and it's that scene in Hereditary. Oh God! Yeah. Um, and they also try. You always try to kill Michael Myers in a fire. <laughs> the end of the 2018 version where he's trapped in the basement. Oh, that's right. And he comes back with a, a burnt face mask. And then there's some holy about fire. <laughs> then Midsummer too had the fire. Yep. And I was just going to tie that back together with the Wicker Man, which we've talked about. Oh yeah, burning up the yes. Wicker Man. Full core tends toward fire. Yeah. In fact, re- revisiting the wind, the wind it could be considered a full core. I would yes, say. I would agree with that. It definitely could. And then finally, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention one that combines all the elements, Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've never seen Sharknado. I saw the first one. It's, it's yeah. terrible. I mean, if you get a drinking game with it or something, maybe. But it's, yeah. Ion Zeering? No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Tend to avoid things uh, that involve anyone that was on The Apprentice. Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice. That's Not a good rule people. of thumb. Is that maybe, what is it, uh, that amazing guy from SNL who plays the critic? What's that guy's voice? John Lovitz. John Lovitz is my one exception. All right. To having been on That's The Apprentice a good and him. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Happy summer, people. Happy summer. Hope, uh, Midsummer. This Go elemental horror cast gave you something to consider. See which which element really speaks to you the most. Yeah. And do yourself a favor and stay out of the sun. Or if you're going to do it, wear some um, sunblock. So that you might stay alive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs>